1: The believe podcast network presented by betonline.ag once again i'm matt perkins joined as always by badger legend the hebrew hammer himself matt bernstein bernie how are we doing
0: today we are man every day on the podcast is a holiday and I, I feel like i'm gonna spend some money on this podcast like everything i'm looking at i i want my well, my wife is from wisconsin she probably wants Um, But yeah, man, super excited to chop this one up.
1: Yeah, man, we got Gabe Lloyd here today, uh, former Badger tight end, current owner, Dairyland Vintage. And as much as we love football, bro, I think we're going to spend like 98% of this time talking about what you're doing now. Because like, honestly, A, you guys out there are not following this dude's Instagram page at Dairyland Vintage and his personal page. Like you are missing out on some like peak, peak content on the Internet. So, Gabe, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Absolutely. It is a pleasure. I mean, I've been chopping it up with you in the messages for a while now, and it was just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely just a matter of time because it turns out that Gabe and I are cut from the exact same cloth. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that and a lot more here in just a minute. But before we do, want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag, where they remain your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. A-G. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device and use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V when you sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit online where the game starts. Gabe, we are going to start where are we going to start. I got a brand? question
0: first. I Dude, your, your Instagram is addicting for like me as a 40-year-old. This is It just feels like what I wore and grew up with. I, I, we'll we'll come back to it but like how do you how does a young man like you get into this type of stuff it's
2: funny you say that because most of my followers it's a mix it's like not people my age it's either people older than me saying uh because i i i don't know if you noticed but uh i don't really post things that i sell ever it's like my type of stuff and like things i like like probably 10 things a day on my story. And it's all just like, I don't want it to be stuff I'm selling. I want it to be stuff that people grew up seeing. So all I get is messages from guys that are 30, 40 plus years old, always saying, dude, you're posting stuff from my childhood. Like, thank you for basically keeping it alive because a lot of people doing that, especially, I mean, there are people keeping it alive, but not my age and younger For the younger kids to see, like I mean, the fact like there's kids. I'm the strength coach at my high school. There's there's a kid there that was born in 2007. (laughs) That's insane. It's insane. I I was uh uh I I was playing a song uh All the Above by Mano and T Pain in the weight room, and he I looked it up. Dude was one year old when that song came out. That's insane. So, yeah, it was important to show those kids, too. But I don't know how I got into it.
0: You you bring me back. First off, you bring me back one week till St. Patty's Day. I think I might have told Matt Perkins this. I literally asked. We went uh, and asked for an Irish car bomb, which is probably not okay to say anymore. But It's it's, not. I don't know if you know what that is. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. See, I'm telling And this. this, So he was a young guy. He must have been like 20. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And another waitress who was much older came over and was like, "No, don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll put it in." <laughs> so I just think it's like hilarious because it was Guinness, and you get a, so you get like a glass of Guinness, you get a shot of Bailey's and Jameson, and you but drop it in and chug it. So now mm-hmm. it's called the car bomb, Matt Perkins.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, well, it's it, we don't call it that because of of the Irish Civil War, but, well, you know, I, and I the, the I troubles and sorry. stuff like that when people I, were using car bombs to kill their like brothers and stuff like that so it's okay though i honestly learned i just learned that this week that we're apparently not using that anymore so i'm i guess i'm just rolling with it because that's the kind of guy so gabe, I guess it I, basically
0: know, just brings that back to me yeah being but, it, like, but, it, but it brings it back to me too so i want to so, totally dude, uh, <laughs> you know, first of all anyone
1: our age bernie grew up playing like nba street nfl street video dude first of all gabe when i saw nfl street volume two on your stories recently. I literally went back to, like, the happiest memories that I've, like, found in a very long time. It's not just clothes. It's also video games and stuff. So, like, how did you get into, like, all of this sort of area yeah. at once?
2: Um. Honestly, so the clothes in general and hats, the hats is what got me into everything, um, and we can get more into that later. But that, like, I, I always went to thrift stores with my mom. Because they would have so many champion basketball jerseys. <laughs> I, I, I probably, they probably 30 total. Dude, sick champion jerseys. All of them were vintage. They were $3. I got them all the time when I was a kid growing up. It was beast. Um, but so I always went with her, but I really didn't start collecting until sixth grade. Uh, my dad played for the Oilers. So I found one of his Oilers hats. That's where like the clothing collecting started. But like everything else... Music-wise, uh, video games, all that stuff. I mean, I grew up, my first system was an original Xbox, NFL Street, NBA Street, NBA Ballers, blah, 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 I can go on and on. And really, it's just like, if I enjoy playing it that much, why would I stop playing it? So, <laughs> uh, same goes for music. I mean, obviously, taste has evolved in everything, but it's like, I grew up. I mean, the songs I was listening to, third grade, fourth grade, parents probably didn't know about. They wouldn't approve. But it helped culture me, I guess. But, I mean, it's just growing up listening to that stuff, I feel like it's important to not forget, you know, because if I wouldn't have played those video games or been that into sports growing up or into music growing up, I would be a completely different person today. So uh, I don't know. And it's just it's just one of those things where it brings me back to when I was a kid and I didn't have a care in the world and I was the happiest yeah. I ever was. So honestly, this room, everything in here, like my video games, everything, the music, all that vintage ads. It's just I like to make myself happy. Why would you not? So that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. That's why I keep it
0: around. That's why yeah, I, I love that. I love that you said your your first system was a the original Xbox. I love how that kind of old you. burn. You forget that we're <laughs> old and we, 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 we came Sega up with the Genesis. G- <laughs> That's crazy,
2: crazy. Um, I mean, mine uh, was a, mine was a
1: Game Gear. I don't know if you guys have not Game Boy, but Game Gear. Do you remember that I, burn? It was it was made by Sega. It was uh, like handheld. And it was color and that's why it was better than the game, like the original Game Boy. And so and it had the controls on left and right. I played the original NBA ga- Jam on that Game Gear from like 1992, <laughs> 1993 for more hours than I think is like humanly possible. Um, you can't beat Tetris. I think you can personally. I don't know. Sonic, <laughs> the, dude, Sonic the Hedgehog also on the original game. Gear.
0: Sega tried. They absolutely, tried. They couldn't
1: do it. Absolutely. We don't absolutely. It. Okay. We're not. Let's go back to then, this. though. Let, <laughs> let's talk about Gabe the person back in third grade and fourth grade. You're listening to all this hip hop. Right, have you already started playing football at this point? You're living in Green Bay. Like, what? what what's what's little Gabe like?
2: Little Gabe. <laughs> so, yeah, I started tackle football second grade. Uh, played flag football probably when I was like four years old, five years old. But like pro and then so I started football, second grade, basketball. I was a really big soccer guy too. Uh so soccer and basketball is like fourth grade till high school. Uh the thing I think the the really interesting thing is is the way it oh god, god this podcast could be four hours, just so <laughs> you know if you wanted it to be. Uh there's so much in this noggin right now, but uh I one of the most unique things was like the relationship between hip hop and specifically the NBA back in the day. Um, So, I mean, when I was watching NBA games or things on YouTube or anything, it was just a constant like combination of hip hop culture and NBA culture. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And um, I think music wise, stems from the video games because the video game soundtracks used to be so hard and now they're just garbage uh I'm like, Midnight Club 3 dub edition remix uh that soundtrack's insane uh NBA 2K5 I mean that I think without the video games my music taste wouldn't have been what it was I wouldn't have been listening to what I was um because I wouldn't even have known it existed because i mean finding music back then it was it wasn't easy uh so that's pretty much how the everything evolved to what it was i mean i was a pretty cool little
0: kid i think it's an interesting perspective because you know growing up in green bay you probably don't have the radio stations that you know maybe the east or west coast have that play everything literally from top to bottom yeah. so you could always find alternative rock now i don't know the names heavy metal you could now like this matt perkins the stuff we listen to is is on oh, alternative we're, we're, rock. Our, our
1: stuff no it's on classic rock it's stuff on classic listen, rock like,
0: but you we, know classical or little more yeah, classic you can find so that's an interesting take i never really thought of that that it really probably didn't reach all of america like the r&b the hip-hop yeah. the rap well um, yeah it's really that's really cool thanks for sharing that
2: yeah, I mean, pretty much all of, I mean, all I
0: remember radio stations wise
2: growing up was pretty much country, gospel, and then the pop that everyone hears.
1: Yep. A, mm-hmm. a top 40 radio. Top 40 radio. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, okay. Dude, they so- played, wait, hold on, Matt. They played um, Howard Stern on free radio in the mornings. Really? Oh, yeah. yes.
1: And him <laughs> I mean, and Don Imus. Yep. I miss in the mornings. I miss in the morning. Oh God, that 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 guy. Don't don't. The even... only
2: the only reason I know Howard Stern is because Beetlejuice. You know Beetlejuice. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Of course. The the lip,
2: yeah. Hey, funny story. I <laughs> photoshopped the picture of me with Beetlejuice, posted on my spam TikTok. Everyone thought it was real. No one thought it was. Real. Everyone <laughs> thought I met Beetlejuice. It's got like 200k. I took the video down, but. Yeah. <laughs> i'll send you the picture later if you want it's kind of real i don't think he's alive anymore is he he there's been rumors like every six months that he dies i'm pretty sure he's alive he anymore.
0: was part of the whack pack and howard stern like howard stern was doing things that nowadays you cannot call and say people yeah. yeah yeah um but that was free radio dude think about That's that radio. like I over the years
1: over the air okay so you're so you are getting influenced by video game by, by video games and nba hip-hop culture you're growing up you're in middle school were you uh, you get into high school and when did you realize that like football could be a thing that you pursued at the next level because i know your dad played at north dakota yeah. state and so was that like a big influence on sort of your the way you played the game the way you approached it so how, how does that all sort of transpire
2: so to be quite honest uh My eighth grade year, I quit football. I didn't play football. I didn't want to. Um, I wasn't planning on, I was maybe 50-50, probably a little less of playing in high school. Um, I don't know what it was. I think it's just because my entire life was literally football. Like I used to sleep with cleats on when I was like four, which is insanity. Uh, So I think I just got like, Tired of it, I guess. Um, but then getting into high school, I decided to. Um, and my freshman year I broke my shoulder, so I was out the whole year. And then sophomore year was good, junior year was good. But the funny thing is, is like all throughout high school, I wanted to play college basketball. I didn't want to play college football because My junior year, I wasn't fast enough to be a receiver. I wasn't big enough to be a tight end. The only position I was getting recruited for as a junior was a punter. So I'm serious. (laughs) So, as a punter and a kicker. So, uh, and then.
1: There's that soccer background.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My longest is 54. Hey, that ain't half bad. That ain't half. I got a video. It was at Camp Randall. I have a video. Uh, Chris, run long snapping too,
0: yeah.
2: But so, um, and then I think going into my senior year, and it's funny because my dad really never like pushed me. Uh, and I think that's just because I mean, you see it all the time with these dads pushing their kids, trying to get them to do what they did. And it was more like he wanted to make sure that I actually liked football as much as I did. Um, so obviously like the way he played football was really gritty. I mean, he was a fullback, uh, in the league. So, um, I think I de- definitely took after that, but going into my senior year, uh, I realized that I probably had a chance if I really like tried, cause I played a man football. So it's like, I didn't really have to try 85% of the games. So I decided that if I really, like, I could get scholarships if I tried. So I started to try, and uh, I was just like, yeah, why did I not start trying more sooner? <laughs> but, yeah, so then that that, that summer going to the senior years when it really placed where it's like, if I want to play college basketball, it's going to be maybe Division II. Uh, but I could definitely go do one for football if I wanted to, so... That's like when it really like flipped. So who started coming around first then? Uh, NBSU. So they offered me, I want to say July, August going into senior year. It was a 50%, uh, which they're FCS. So I, they really offered maybe like two fulls each class. Um, So that was a 50%. And then, It was really slow after that i got like a couple d2 schools um so then i committed at the end of august and then really since i play eight man i mean it's not that the fact that i play eight man in a larger city where there's 10 public schools you don't get any coverage so that was very difficult and also our film was garbage, <laughs> grainy as crap. Uh, but so it was just hard to get exposure. But once I had that NESU offer, I knew that like people at least knew who I was. Mm-hmm. So then November rolled around and I probably probably in just November got 10 FCS, FBS holes. Um, I never announced any of them because I had a I don't do that stuff. Who cares? So, <laughs> but, the, but there were, so there were FBS holes, um, and that had the, you know, the scholarship checks, positive attendance. NDSU was just 50% tuition. So that was a big thing, but I mean, but it's funny cause I ended up turning every single scholarship down and walking on at Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how the recruiting went. It was like Really slow until the end of my senior year. And that's like when like everything just kind of exploded. And then, yeah, I flipped to Wisconsin like
0: three days before signing day, I think. How, do, how does Wisconsin come in and convince you to not to, to walk on and not take money anywhere else and be a part of the Badgers?
2: Honestly, the, 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 the thing about Wisconsin is, especially for in-state walk-ons, they don't have to do much because you grow up in Wisconsin. You um, watch Wisconsin your entire life. You're a Badger fan, your entire family is. And especially if you're a walk-on, a preferred walk-on at Wisconsin, odds are, I I mean, for the walk-ons in my class, I don't think any of the other walk-ons in my class had a D1 offer. Like an FBS FCS D1 offer, uh, I know Grosh. I'm pretty sure Grosh's Groshak's biggest offer was Winona State, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then NDSU offered him a preferred walk-on. So, especially for most preferred walk-ons living in the state of Wisconsin, when they go on these visits, they're not going to other FBS school. They're they're going to small schools. So when they see that at Wisconsin, I mean how can you not? And also preferred walk-ons, usually most of them, the people that accept the preferred walk-ons, they accept it because they they know they're going to have to work for it more and they accept that. So I think that's another thing is that it also gives us something to work for. Um, but I mean, Wisconsin's Wisconsin. When you get there and you go in Camp Randall and all that, you see all that. I mean, the coaching staff was unbelievable and all that stuff and the program itself, but they didn't really have to do much convincing,
1: <laughs> honestly. So you talk about getting there and being in Camp Randall, and you would obviously you played there in high school too. Um. No. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, wait, how did you hit a fifty-four yard field going to Camp Randall? That was just you messing around? Oh,
2: yeah. That was just one day after <laughs> workouts.
1: You're ridiculous. I thought we were
2: referring to state for football because we, we, but we're eight man So we yeah. played at D Everest High School for our state championship.
1: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It we happened.
2: weren't even WIA official. So we can't even put it on our banners.
1: Wait, so I'm trying to think of how many other, like, I'm trying to think of the other eight man football guys. Isaiah Lauterbell, was famously an eight man football guy from Kansas, yeah, right? He's and, and he's right around, he was right around your age.
2: He's, um, he was my roommate for like four years.
1: What? Okay. What is he like? I, I'm fascinated by Isaiah. He seems like like an awesome guy, but I just like I want to know more about him.
2: Isaiah is one of the. I love him to death. He's just a like a what? He's a gentle giant. I mean, it's giant. It's,
1: yes, he is a giant.
2: What's crazy is is actually like how dominant he can be on the field. And how aggressive he can be on the field is actually quite surprising. Because every time I've ever been with Isaiah, it's no aggression. It's just the nicest, chillest, most relaxed human being ever. I don't think I've ever seen him angry. So it's like, yeah, he's very unique, too. He's very fun to be around. But I love Isaiah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had we had Beecher on a couple a cu- yeah. couple weeks ago, and he said he's the toughest dude that he's ever had to block. So I thought that was uh, I, wow. I, I thought that was an interesting revelation. But you know, so you get you get to campus, I assume you come in the summer, right? Um, yeah. And then were PWOs allowed to take part in summer camp as freshmen? Did you have to wait until they came back from camp?
2: Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I actually saw some things on Twitter recently where preferred walk-ons weren't allowed to come until camp Mm -hmm. at some uh yeah no we got there right when everyone else got there uh we actually got there a week i think a week or maybe two weeks before the rest of the team reported so all freshmen are there for like a week or two uh before everyone else gets there so yeah we were there right when everyone else was
1: and so what's that what's your adaptation like Like, what's the hardest thing for you to adapt to like right when you get on campus and then during (laughs) fall camp (laughs)
2: honestly probably just living on your own
1: um but more like what what part of that was was toughest for you uh
2: good question
1: i don't know because i know for me it was just not like like consuming all the food that i had in my room like at that exact second because like if i had food it was gone it was gone. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I have to spend a lot more money to buy more food. This is not... I, I'm, I'm not... I will <laughs> say
2: uh, my redshirt year, not necessarily the summer, but my red shirt year in general. I mean, if you're not careful, you can lose yourself. I let myself... I was like 255. I had 22, 23% body fat. I was a chunk. Uh, so, and I mean it's tough. It's not even like, it's like difficult or hard on you. It's just like, especially for me, my school, my high school had 120 kids. So, I mean, going to a small private school your entire life and all that to going to Madison where you have classes that are 350 kids and that's bigger than my entire school. It's like, it's not even just that. It's like, it's just difficult to adjust for, I'd say a good amount of people. And especially football wise, Depending on how you train before you got to school, it can definitely be a lot
0: more difficult. I came into the region with Antosh Hawthorne, who is a D lineman and literally ordered Chinese food every day. I showed up. I must have been the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life. Well, not during COVID, it got worse. But um, I think I had to, I must have waited at like 270 something, 276. They were like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, you put me with this D-Lime, and all we do is eat Chinese food. Like, you know, we, we're at the region. We don't know anything. I'm, yeah. Back in the day, you couldn't Google, like, places to go. You just literally walked outside, and we were on yeah. Regent Street, free it being, a, like, a nicer place, and I had no money. So I was like, Chinese food it is. And I completely understand what you're saying. Like, I, it was it, you can lose yourself very quickly. Yeah. the Was Stop there when you were there? No. Wingstop Sadly, that, that would have been 100 –
2: Stop
1: didn't even exist as a company when we were in school
2: <laughs> what about rocky rococo was that on region oh yeah yeah, yeah we went there a lot a uh, lot what about that pizza place that's right on region like yeah. in the
0: basement the, uh you're talking about like the italian club
1: oh i love the italian club that place
0: is the best Dude, I, so is I, the ceiling <laughs> real low yeah yeah, yeah the, that the place italian is great club. it's like
1: Yes. We, so i played rugby for uw and we had our banquets at the italian club like our end of season banquets and those were the best most i can't talk about them on the podcast um <laughs> so but let, let, let's talk about that retro year a little bit more like what so you're, you're playing you, especially you're playing scout team like scout team is wild what was like what is your best scout team story Cause I, I love, I love like, what's the most ridiculous thing that happened in a practice or like, what's just like the most memorable thing from that scout team time.
2: I mean, TJ yelled at me a few times, probably TJ Watt told me, I didn't block him good enough or something like that. Uh, I remember one day after practice, I had really long hair, like really long hair. And I remember one day after practice and TJ is just, he's just a so quiet, I just, I didn't hear him talk much. Um, but I mean, when he's with his friends on the team, the dude was really loud. So <laughs> like Foom, Cheekway, Joe Ferg, those type of guys. I mean, that's when like his personality comes out. And so we were walking back in one day and Foom was by us and everything. And then TJ Bait, I don't know how, I don't, I think it was just completely random, but he, he literally just like, I remember he turned around and literally said, you look like my mom. <laughs> and it was just so out of context. And I was just like, damn, I should probably cut my hair, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but like in practice wise, I can't really think of anything. I just, I just remember this one time TJ yelling at me cause I was so soft
0: and I didn't block him enough. But- Listen, these, these unique stories are, are like what makes one, this podcast great. And what makes like our experiences really funny and great is that. Literally someone just saying, you look like my mom got you to cut your hair. And it's like those little things that are, you remember probably forever. Exactly.
1: Believe in Badgers is excited to be brought to you by Infinigods. Infinigods is a gaming studio with a suite of free, fun-to-play games centered around ancient mythologies and civilizations. Visit infinigods.com to play their first game, Infinimerge, and learn about their upcoming tower defense game play for fun or play to compete and take your shot at winning digital collectibles that's infinigods at infinigods.com unleashing the power of blockchain games so who's in in the locker room like who's like who's in your area who's in your group like and and, and like what is the dynamic in the locker room at that point because like you you come in in like 2016 i think right something like that Yeah, yeah 2016 yeah. and you know you're part of some really successful team Like you're part of some really really successful teams you guys make the rose bowl you guys uh you know you you guys won a lot of games what's the dynamic of the locker room like and who are some of like who the guys that you're spending time with and like who are the leaders and what made them effective
2: in terms of the 2016 season
1: in in just like in 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 like your era i guess 2016 through 2019 okay i know like they're all different seasons but yeah
2: um so i'll start off from like the beginning Um, in the beginning, I mean, this is the thing is just like, I don't like, I'm a surprisingly I'm pretty quiet person. I'm not like super like outgoing and stuff. Uh, so I didn't like really like when I first got there, I didn't really like have like a bunch of people. It was just like, I was friends with everyone, but I wasn't really good friends with anyone basically. But, um, I'd say my redshirt year. Uh, my Richard freshman year was pretty just like my, my class, uh, me, Adam Crumbles, Vinny Volpentesta, Isaiah, Biotis, Groschek, Mikey, um, Jack Pop, uh, Aaron Maronowski, those types of guys. I'm, I know I'm missing a few because we literally all lived in a house a few years later and there was 21 of us in that house.
1: <laughs> so, Groschek told us about that house.
2: Yeah. It, we called it the goat house. So, uh, but yeah, so that that's pretty much how it was. And I say like the older guys that like, I really, that I actually like associated, like actually gave me the time of day cause I sucked at football then. Uh, so I'd say the older guys was probably foom, um, cheek way. I love cheek way. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Ryan Connolly, basically all the linebackers, um, Dakota
1: Dixon. Mm. Dakota a lot of pro- people have talked about Dakota Dixon on this show.
2: Dakota is probably one of the best teammates I had because um, he like showed care to people that like you would like like I was dog crap scout team tight end. Dakota's like one of the best players on the team and like he cares about like how my day was like I always thought that was kind of cool so Dakota um uh Eric Steffes I love Eric Steffes I don't know why I just randomly thought of him uh (laughs) man he he was an old man we called him Jerry old man Jerry (laughs) um but yeah him Austin Ramish uh so basically
1: Wait, I mean, hold on. Why just, is he old man Jerry? Why is Eric Stephas old man Jerry? Like I now I need the genesis of this.
2: Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I just remember phone calling him that and Xander. Oh, I love Xander. Uh Xander's one of the older guys that I've talked to the most for sure. Um, but he was only a year above me or two years, I don't know. Uh but yeah, I have no idea why that's his nickname. I really have no idea. <laughs> Um, so no,
1: we, I, so so you okay. talk about Steffis, you talk about Foom. So that that tight end room when you get in there, especially like who uh, Austin Trailer in the tight end room when you get there. He uh, left the year before. Left the year before. Okay. Um, but there yeah. were so you got Foom, you got Steffis, you got Berg. Is a freshman with you too, or is he a year after?
2: So my redshirt year, my redshirt year, Cotton Bowl year. It was Foom, Eric Steffis, um. I don't know if Xander was a tight end yet. I think he might have still been DM. Um, Kyle Pennison,
1: mm.
2: Mitchell Hurl. If you know who that is.
1: <laughs> I know damn near every Badger name from the past two decades. And that is a name that I do not yeah, remember. He was
2: there for like a year, year and a half. He's from Middleton. Uh, nice guy. Just uh, nice guy. Uh, and then me, uh, Luke Benchwal, and then Jake Escock. That's a
1: group.
2: Yeah. The the tight end room was never not close the entire time I was there.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So take us through, like, your career. Like, what was super exciting for you? Like, what did you enjoy about Camp Randall? about the brotherhood, about being in the weight room? Just tell us, yeah, yeah, your experience. Um, So my redshirt
2: year was terrible. Okay. But... (laughs) uh that's it was just a struggle for me like academics wise like the adjustment and then like i let myself go i wasn't like focused on football so that was my fault uh but the football then was good and then my redshirt freshman year i was still scout team. um and then i don't know what it was but one week i was just like I, i'm on scout team kickoff all these special teams i was like why would I run down on scout team kickoff and try, why would I not try to decapitate who's trying to block me? I was like, if we're playing Ohio state, they're going to try to decapitate them. <laughs> so I was just like, why am I letting them like get, a, why am I giving them a good look? Like, why can't I just go and make a play? So I don't know what it was, but it was literally one week. It was a week before Maryland. I think it was week six, seven, maybe. And I went down, scout team kicked off, kick off. Uh, Arrington Ferrar tried to block me. Uh, yeah, I ran him over. And then there was the, the next one, did the same thing. And then scout kick return, uh, blocking. I mean, just something just quick. So then, <clears throat> what do you know? Next day, I'm starting on scout kick return. So, <laughs> um, and I, I took, I uh, the spot I took was Leon Jacobs. And he was very happy about that because he wanted a break. He didn't want to be on kick return.
1: I know, so, man. Leon's a specimen. He is so a stud.
2: No, that's another, I mean... Honestly, there there's just so many guys I can say so many good things about, and I feel bad about like forgetting people because it's just like I mean, honestly, everyone is just but yeah, Leon is Leon's first of all insane. Uh like, you know, just I've never seen someone like look like that. Like, why why is I don't he's insane. Um, and he's a, a freak athlete. I mean. Yeah. He's great. Anyways. Uh, so he was happy about that. Um, and then, so yeah, they played that next week for, uh, against Maryland. And then, um, after that I was, um, on three special teams units, punt return, kick return, kickoff, rest of the season went to the orange bowl. Uh, that, I think that was our best year that I was there
1: talent wise. Um, turnover chain my bleeping ass like that was like that th- that that team was awesome that team was so much fun to root for
0: and watch yeah.
2: i i definitely think that was the most talent we had when i was there um i don't remember i think it was was the rose bowl year the year that we lost in the big 10 championship game and jack Cohn had that uh scamper yep that also that year uh that i'd
1: say that would probably be second first of all we should have won that game well i thought you should i thought you should have won the championship in 2017 too when jt was a freshman like that was the one i remember that because i was at my wife was running a marathon in memphis and we were there and we were like she was she was like we went to like a burger joint like a bar to watch the game after her and her friend ran the marathon and they were both like passed out in the booth and i am just like Sitting there like screaming in Memphis, I'm like the only Wisconsin Badger fan there. Freaking Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and in that game, and I and like I am like losing my freaking mind while that game was was going on. So, um yeah. talk about the goat house because I like those are <laughs> like that's the stories that I'm here for. I'm I'm here for like what on earth happens when twenty one. Football players lived there, or 21-ish football player, football player-ish people yeah. lived together. Because I know there's some girlfriends, there's some other friends involved. But I I, so, I, lived with six dudes, and I thought that was insane.
2: Yeah, so my redshirt freshman year, I lived with Isaiah, Luke, and Mikey. And that was it. Next year, I don't know whose idea it was, but someone had the idea uh, to get the goat house. <laughs> and that house is really difficult to get. Uh, I don't know if people like realize that. Like there's like like probably ten different groups of 20 people trying to get that house every single year. Um, so the lat our last year we were there, we just had to give it up because we couldn't find enough guys to like live in it anymore because some of them left early, some of them quit, some of them transferred, whatever it was. But um see so, yeah, how we moved there. I think the original Goat, the OG Goat House was Sam Bronner. Sam Bronner had the only room on the first floor. Then it was Isaiah. I'm going, I'm visualizing the rooms. It was (laughs) Isaiah, Christian Volpentesta, Hegeman Teat. I don't know if you know (laughs) who it is. Hegeman Teat, Luke Benchwall, Anthony Lottie. Griffin, Grady, Noah Burks, gosh, there's definitely people I'm gonna forget, um, and then Mikey, Me, Biadish, Groshek, Crumles, there's more, uh, but that's like the OG group. So Jack Dunn, how can I, I don't know why this Jack Dunn? So. It's actually okay. So, oh, okay. So, we did you want to know how we kept the house kind of in order? Some guys, okay. So, the second floor was the messy guys, third floor <laughs> was the cleaner guys. We didn't set it up that way, it just so happened to turn out that way, which God bless. But, uh, Carly Groschek lived with us. She made a tour board for us. We <laughs> followed the tour board very well for the first year. We kind of just forgot about it after that. but um, so we kept it pretty clean. I mean, it, the best part about it was is the living, the, the entire first floor is basically the living, room. absolutely massive. Uh, we had a crap ton of just this massive, this massive, like U-shaped leather couch. And literally every single night, it, everyone was just down there just watching whatever was on TV. Um, the basement, we had... A bar, a poker table, an arcade basketball machine, a pool table, and a Guitar Hero setup.
1: Yeah, it was wild. That that is like that is living the dream. That is literally <laughs> is. living like the nineteen twenty year <laughs> I old dream. Live in this house right now. I mean, yeah. It was so, unbelievable. so so what is it? What is a Saturday night in the off season like at the Goat House?
2: For me, or for most of them uh both because okay i'm not very fun so (laughs)
1: um so for you are you just back in the corner playing guitar hero by yourself like 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 solo drinking i was
2: i was up in my room oh even (laughs) so um but honestly um a typical weekend like not much is going on Like, not a lot of people are coming. Not a lot of people are going. Everyone's just staying there together. Um, If anything, it would be like, if some of the guys had girlfriends, they would come. Or, like, uh, a lot of the people that came, especially our first two years there, were a lot of our older teammates. They would come there all the time. Um, And then when we got older, it was all the younger guys coming. Um, But Guitar Hero was definitely hit. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what night was poker night. I think it was Thursday nights. Uh, oh, yeah. Noah Burks bought a... Uh, this was my, like my junior, I think. Noah Burks bought a ESPN poker table for like cars and stuff. Had LED <laughs> lights on it. I think it had like... Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> we Incredible. Set up in the room. People, people would come over for poker night all the time. I never did it uh just because i didn't know how to do it and i didn't want to learn it because i didn't want to screw myself (laughs) so but that was a massive hit so that was a big thing um i don't know what we didn't have that really wish we did i wish we had a skills pro mini hoop somewhere in the house (laughs) that would have been legendary
1: but My, my my wife has one in her childhood basement and it's still there oh it's so good it's so good um. Yeah, it, 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 it's the best. It's the best. She also, has pop, she also has Papa Shot, which is which, which is a perfect Papa Shot is the best. Papa Shot is the best. Are you already at this point in time, Gabe? Are you? Wow. Oh yeah. Wow, that's dope. At this point in time, are you are you are you collecting this stuff? Like that 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 you're collecting now? Are you starting your collection at this point? Do you already have a collection at this point? Like, in regards to random vintage stuff or what? Like do you have a vintage collection of hats by this point? Do you have, like, what, what are you collecting oh. when you're in college? What are you collecting at that point?
2: In college?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I actually worked at St. Vincent DePaul Thrift at Wisconsin. Um, so I got a few stuff from there, but, like, I it, it, I, it, was an, it wasn't something I could focus on in mm-hmm. school. So it was kind of just, like, whenever I found something, I found it. But I was never, like, actively, like, seeking out adding stuff or like really doing anything with it uh, just because folk, football is the main focus. So, but yeah, I mean, I have
0: a massive collection. So let's, I mean, I want to transition to this cause I'm very excited and thrilled and interested. You said at sixth grade, you started grabbing some stuff. You said in college, now you were worked at a thrift store. You were finding some things, when does this really be like when does that jump into like your full time passion? Or was it always there? You just couldn't focus on it?
2: It was always there. Uh because in high school I would go all the time. My collection, my hat collection in high school is pretty wild. Uh only have one of the hats left. Don't know what happened to most of them. Um, but like, I mean, I've worn the same size since eighth grade and everything. So like I have I have shoes I thrifted in, in eighth grade that I literally still wear. Um, shirts, jackets. I have stuff I, I have stuff I thrifted when I was in second grade that fits me. I was a second grader, but I saw stuff that were like size 12 shoes. XL I was like, mom, can I get this? So like, that's way too big on you. Oh, fit me one day. I still have it. <laughs> um, so high school was non-stop um just always going to thrift stores whenever i could and then in college it was just like it's not like i lost the desire for it it's more just like i didn't care enough i didn't have the time for it and it's like mm-hmm. what is collecting this gonna do how is this gonna benefit me other than i got really cool stuff yeah. like that's it right um but i wish i would have capitalized on it more than because the market back then a hat that I want for $250 now, that was $35. So yeah. um, but then I'd say after the COVID season, when I entered the transfer portal, um, that's like I was, you know, I was back home and I was just I had all the time in the world. It was just work out my two online classes and then just thrift. And then uh yeah, and then I just that's when I made my TikTok, too. I think I started in, like, March. Um, and I was just like, I'm not... Because all the vintage people on TikTok really pissed me off because they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. and Because uh, I've been doing this since I was a little boy. And no one was talking about vintage hats. And I was like, that's insane. How is nobody talking about vintage hats? So I was just like, I'll just start that. And then once I started that, that's kind of like when I was like... I got to make sure I keep thrifting as much as I can. And also it's like uh, I've sold on eBay since I was in like seventh grade and not even, not just clothes. Like I sell anything that I find at a thrift store that's worth money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I've made a lot of my money. Uh, all, I even did that through college. So, uh, and then I'd say when I was at NDSU, that's like really when it kicked into full gear because a the thrift stores were on crack b uh you know i'm new there i don't have a ton of friends there i'm I'm not like the type of person that like likes to hang out with people all the time regardless like i enjoy my alone time a lot so i wasn't and i was funny enough i was actually living in the state of minnesota but it's right on the border. So I was like 15 minutes away from campus. So living by myself, blah blah blah, all the time. That's when it really kicked into full gear. And especially when I broke my shoulder, because I broke my shoulder the week before the first game out for the season, that's when I went crazy. So glad I did too. So but yeah, that's like the desire aspect of it.
1: What's the furthest you've ever traveled to get something? Like you saw something online where you would be like, I have to have that. Like I will drive. I'm gonna drive to like somewhere in the UP to get this. I'm gonna drive. You know, like where, where, where are you going? <laughs> got
2: something for you. So well, a, I haven't really done that simply oh, okay. because uh, that's typically like Facebook Marketplace type stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I hate Facebook Marketplace. I <laughs> suck at. I don't know what it is. I suck at it. Everybody finds everything before I do. Also, I hate the layout of it. It's just like. Anyways, so I don't really have any stories like that actually. I mean, I've traveled I mean, four or five hours for a vintage event.
1: Yeah. So like what like what, what are some of these events that like like, like what, what makes it worth Gabe Lloyd's time to drive five hours to go to go to an event?
2: So nowadays, even if I don't find anything nowadays, it's kind of like there's a lot of people there that know who I am now. Um, there's a lot of sellers that I know like connections I've made within the vintage community. It's like, even if I don't find anything there, I think it's still important for me to show up, especially because the, the ones that I do go to really that I do like that. I went to Madison for So that's two and a half hours a couple of weeks ago. um, I know the people that run those events. So I feel like they give me free tickets to it. So Why would I not? I might find something I might not. I don't. I see all these cool people. If I do, I got cool stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, I really only travel for events. But you said something about the UP. Um, So, this Saturday, I'm heading up to the UP. Literally, three hours away. uh, Because a vintage seller I met, her mother, used to be the buyer for the store that became Dick's Sporting So when companies would come in and say, hey, this is our cool stuff. Do you want it for your store? She would buy it. And one came to them when they first started. She has a pair of the original promo sample shoes for Stephon Marbury. In size 12. (laughs) What? I am going to go look at those. Uh, my hopes is that she has a bunch of other stuff too. I'm sure she does if she has those. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's the actual like samples of the release or if it's like a prototype pair that they were sampling before they got to the final design. So I don't really know, but, um, I'm hoping she has some other stuff, even like some old promos ads or magazines, like East Bay. I, I, I need to find someone with like hundred East Bay catalogs. Those are so hard to find. And I've oh got a, f-
1: I've got a few dozen in my closet in New, my parents' house in New Hampshire from like two thousand
0: and two. I might want those.
1: <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> offline. <Okay>. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have it's to get it a-
1: wrapping We have to wrap it up here soon Because Bernie and I Well, we've all got to get back to work You got to go buy stuff And we, we I, might need an episode two
2: later on
1: I, I'm, I'm happy For to sure. do that I want to do No, no, no What, what I My dream my, my dream would be to do an episode Where the three of us Like go to a vintage store And try to find like the best vintage badger gear That we thought That like somewhere At like a couple stores across Madison Or something like that I think that'd be hey. a lot of fun Quick plug,
2: O1 vintage, Oshkosh, Wisconsin.
1: There we go.
2: You see my stories of me dunking on that mini hoop on the in that vintage. That's, that, that's there.
0: that's there. <laughs> that's I absolutely do you just love go around it. from like do you just drive around thrift stores thrift store just trying to find cool stuff? Is that yeah like yeah? That's, that's awesome. awesome. Uh and the,
2: uh, Green Bay kind of sucks right now for thrifts, won't lie. Uh actually like really sucks. So uh yesterday I just went to Milwaukee to do a f- photo shoot from one of my buddies that has to shoot stuff for a brand and the entire way i'm hitting if i'm going any i love going places i like someone says hey can you come here for this i'll be like uh yeah because that means i get to thrift at every thrift store on the way right and are you still
0: finding new thrift stores like throughout wisconsin uh
2: i'm sure i will uh it just depends on where i go really so like sure Anywhere on my route from here, from Green Bay to Madison, Green Bay to Milwaukee, or Green Bay to Minneapolis, I've hit every single one of those thrift stores. But there's still a ton that I haven't hit in the state. So I know the ones in the cross are pretty decent. So (laughs) that's so cool. That's
1: amazing. That's really cool. That's so fantastic. And I just, we could go on forever about My
2: one rule, my one rule is if you are driving and you see a thrift store, you have no choice but to go in. <laughs> Just two minutes. You have no idea what you're going to find.
1: Very there's, true. Yeah. it's My, it's, my it's, best
2: it's, finds, my be, the best find I ever had, I almost didn't go in the store.
1: What is what? What is that best find that you've ever had?
2: Well, there's two that are tied. Okay, let's go. I'm, actually, there's three. So one of them. Was, was. about to Andy. be two
1: dozen, but let's go.
2: Well, no, it's not. <laughs> These are the highest ones. One's a vintage store in Green Bay. But it's 40s to 60s women's vintage. Why did I decide to go in there? I don't know. I've never been there. I said, they might have something. I don't know. Go in there. Find a Milwaukee Brewers sports specialties corduroy script, dead stock, um, and a Los Angeles Lakers sports specialty script. Okay. I got both of those for $32. The Lakers script, I sold for $250. The Brewers corduroy script, I traded. From Milwaukee Bucks script, which is about two fifty, Wisconsin Badgers reverse splash, which is about one fifty. This you have absolutely no idea what words are coming to my mouth right now.
1: <laughs> You're talking about hats, yeah. Uh,
2: so that one was one fifty. Then I got a Dallas Mavericks big logo hat that was about I sold that for two hundred. And then I got two Milwaukee Bucks jerseys, and I paid thirty two dollars. Next one, I went to a Savers in Fargo, was in their they they close in like five minutes. I was like, I gotta stop and I'm driving by. Find a um Allison Chains t-shirt. $399. Sold it for $450 20 minutes later. Um yeah. So <laughs> the last one was at a dig and save. So it's like basically a bunch of gay lords and you dig through. Um and really it's like if you're not it's a uh so goodwill bins they rotate. Same Vince Paul, they can say it's like they don't rotate, so you got to be there right when they open, first it's kind of thing. I was eight minutes late that day. I was like, do I even go in? Everybody's looked through everything. I was like, whatever, I'm already here. I go in, go to the first bin in the front. The, these things are kind of tall, but I'm tall, so I can reach to the bottom without going on my tiptoes. Other people can't even reach the bottom. I see a shirt it's inside out. All right. I see the tag. I was like, all right, this is a good tag. Then I looked through the neck hole and I see what looks to be an insane graphic. actually I have the shirt right here. Um, and get then it. get okay.
1: it. let's see what this yeah. is. Like, I got like, I got to know now, like I'm in too deep now. <laughs> I can't, I, I, well, I can't. I'll show you in a second. So
2: then I grabbed this one and I grabbed a stone called Steve Austin, celebrity death match t-shirt and like two other ones. So I paid 67 cents for each of those. The Stone Cold Celebrity Death Match I sold for 450, and then this is the only one that I kept.
1: Wow, that's incredible! Yeah. That's incredible for, for our audio <laughs> for our audio listeners. It's uh, a Stone Cold Rattlesnake shirt where he yep. has his arms up and rattlesnakes for hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's pretty epic. <laughs> so yeah,
2: I'll stop in a thrift store. Two minutes.
1: Well, I, I think the lesson that we're going to take away from today is: uh, make a detour. Don't stop to smell the roses. Stop to to go to a thrift store on your <laughs> Where journey, land? wherever you are. Wherever you <laughs> are, doesn't matter. Yeah. Two minutes. Two minutes. Why not? Why not? Well, uh, this has gone on for more than two minutes. We've unfortunately got to wrap it up here today because uh, Bernie yeah, and I this both. This is great, man. Thank this you is amazing, so much. Gabe. We're going to have you awesome. back.
0: You're a great um, dude.
1: And we're going to have to freaking we're going to have to thrift it up with you sometime. So Absolutely. Um, uh we look forward to that. We look forward to seeing you guys next time on the Believe in Badgers podcast presented by betonline.ag and until next time, on Wisconsin.
0: On Wisconsin.